Hamilton did. There it is, oh, you can't excuse that. Hello and welcome back to the Total Football Podcast World Cup 2018 coverage. I'm Declan Hart and this is Day 7. Day 7 started with Portugal against Morocco and that was a match that... It was was a match that... It was only 1-0 to Portugal but it it was another one of those games which have been kind of common in this World Cup where it's finished 1-0 but you're not entirely sure how it's only finished 1-0. Uh, of course, today continued our streak of a uh, lack of nil nils, which is. <laughs> I had a checklist uh, last week of uh, things that we had yet to see at this World Cup, uh, and the first red card was the last thing I had on that checklist. Specifically, nil nils not allowed on the checklist because they're not allowed. Um, but Morocco very unlucky not to score. You know they played quite well. Uh, Hervé Renard. The manager, um, he's he's done quite well with this team. The only thing they really lack is goal scorer, and uh, it's ultimately their undoing at this World Cup. They're out of the first team officially out of the World Cup mathematically. No ifs, buts, and maybe's about it. They're out, and uh, you know I, I kind of feel bad for them in one sense, but again, you know they didn't have a goal scorer, and if you don't have a goal scorer, like that's you know tough cheese. You're out of the comp- competition. Move on. Let's go. Let's keep going. And uh, Portugal, it was very, it was vintage, but not in a, oh yeah, vintage Brazil. It was not like it was not a complimentary vintage performance. It was more of a vintage Portugal, you know, it was uh, just got the goal early, nice and early. And uh, Cristiano Ronaldo gets his fourth of the tournament. He really wants that golden boot. And, uh, you know, credit to him, the determination uh, to stick his head down that low. And there were a couple of people going for that ball with their foot. Uh, but, you know, it was a powerful header. And he definitely stakes a claim as one of the great headers of the ball uh, ever. And uh, he now becomes the all-time top European goal scorer at international level. Uh He's still 25 off the Ira- Iranian uh, Iranian Iranian player, uh, whose name I cannot pronounce, so I will not even try. And uh, he's, he's ahead of Pushkas now, uh, so that's something that Ronaldo will definitely have been thinking of. And, you know, he'll be eyeing that record for overall as well, even if it is probably just as impressive to get ahead of Pushkas as it is to become first, just because of the way in which Iran kind of fudged the numbers uh, with their goal scorer. And uh, in the middle game of the day, a contender for a worst match of the tournament, Uruguay, you know, they're not exciting. They never have been really at the World Cup. They are a classic uh, grind out a 1-0 victory and just keep chugging along kind of team. And that's exactly what this was. Saudi Arabia, clearly the worst team at this competition. Like, I'd like, I actually, uh, I've had an idea that we should replace the third place playoff with a 31st place playoff and that uh, Saudi Arabia should play Panama. Uh, the night before the World Cup final, just because I want to know who's worse. I really do. They, they, I would give it to Saudi Arabia just because they lost 5-0 to Russia, whereas Panama lost 3-0 to Belgium, and I'd say Belgium are better than Russia by quite a distance, even if I don't quite rate either team. But Saudi Arabia, they didn't really offer much. Uruguay never looked like conceding. They were very comfortable. Their goal was fortunate, but... They don't score that goal. They just score another one later in the match. Cavani's maybe a little more ruthless in front of goal. And, uh, yeah, I think Uruguay will, you know, they play Russia to top the group on Monday. 
and I would imagine that Uruguay that'll be the first real test of whether Russia are any good or not I don't think uh, Egypt or Morocco or Egypt or Saudi Arabia really tested uh, Russia in any way but I think Uruguay will be the first real test and if they if they beat Uruguay then you know that's that is a, that is an impressive result because I, I do not see Russia. They might get one against Uruguay, but I don't see them scoring two or three against Uruguay by any means. It's going to be very hard to break down that team. Uh, the Atletico Madrid defense there in the in the center back partnership is just so solid that uh, I imagine Uruguay will come out victors in that match. But again, all Russia actually need is a draw because of goal difference. Uh, but I imagine Uruguay will not settle for second. They'll want to play Portugal. I'm assuming Portugal finished second just because I think Spain have the easier task and Spain are currently top on uh, the alphabet, I think. Yeah, that group's confusing. Uh, but Spain, then the final game of the day, uh, the best game of the day. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I love the kind of defensive football that Iran were playing, even if it didn't really pull off. Uh, they didn't really pull it off in the sense that they did lose 1-0. Um, Diego Costa it kind of came in off his knee a bit fortunately, but that's kind of what you need in a game like this. And that is what Diego Costa brings to a, a team like Spain that don't really have anyone else like Diego Costa. And without Diego Costa, maybe this game finishes nil-nil. Because uh, obviously, if it's nil-nil after an hour, I think Spain don't loosen their grip on the game. I think they don't slow down. I don't think they go from aggressively passing to aggressively passive. Um, and I think, ultimately, they still would have finished nil-nil without Diego Costa. But to Iran's credit, I think uh, you know they, they defended very well. And uh, as I said, it was a very fortunate goal for Spain. And... Uh, you know, I think against Portugal, Iran do need to be Portugal now. But for Spain, fortunately for Spain, again, I think the Portugal might just settle for a nil-nil. Both teams, I think that game could end up being a real dull affair in a way that this wasn't. Despite being, despite matches, the both matches would probably play out pretty similarly. I think the intensity Iran brought to this match was absolutely incredible. I think Spain played their part as well in uh, kind of... They, they let Iran drag their game down. They brought uh, Spain down to their level and it worked in from an entertainment standpoint. And the Iran disallowed goal was obviously a, a disappointing moment for them in the match. I thought that uh, initially, I thought it was in. I, was, I wasn't exactly jumping up in my seat celebrating, but I, I was enjoying the moment for a little bit. But then obviously... The referee flagged for offside. They checked with VAR again as well. And uh, it was disallowed. But I thought the funny thing was Spain wanted to just keep playing. They wanted to keep going. And I kind of wish the referee did let them keep going. Just because I think that would have been quite funny. If uh, the Iran, Iran players are still just celebrating. All on the ground in a big huddle in the corner. And everyone's going mental. And then on the pitch Spain are just running up. Pretty easy goal, like 11 on 1 against the keeper, if the keeper even bothered to stay up there. I think he might have ran up to celebrate as well. Uh, so that was a little disappointing uh, in in more ways than one. Uh, but Spain now, I think, Spain against Morocco in the final match. Spain, uh, I think, will, will be pretty comfortable there. I think Morocco will still be... They will still play as open as they have done, but I think they'll they'll just want a goal. And it's the case that it's the kind of match where I I would kind of like to see Spain just give them a goal, even if that's you know not the it could be a bit patronizing. But I could see Spain 
scoring an early goal, maybe getting a second before half time, and then just you know making sure that they're scoring more than Portugal are because the two are neck and neck, exactly level in the group, so they just need to better uh, Portugal's result to get top. And uh, um, maybe you know uh, getting second might be the better better decision there if uh, they want to play Russia instead of Uruguay. Uh, but and they will know the result from Russia and Uruguay because that is after that match, as far as I know. Uh, Russia is in the afternoon, and uh, Spain and Portugal play in the evening. But that that will uh, that was day seven. Now we're a full week into it now, and uh, the second round will really get underway tomorrow with uh, Croatia against Argentina in the evening. Uh, that's a that's a massive match. Very looking forward to that. That could be the complete opposite of Spain Iran. It could be far more open because Argentina need to go out it and uh, get a result against Croatia and they you know they're not going to want to defend for very much of that match but then on the other hand Croatia will not play like Iceland I don't think because they have the players who go out and actually threaten against uh, Argentina like they have an amazing midfield they actually have better midfield than Argentina do and who knows like there's talk of San Paoli making changes for this Argentina match it sounds like uh, Pavon will come in for uh, Angel Di Maria which is probably for the best, but it doesn't sound like Paolo Dybala will play. It doesn't sound like Aver Benega is going to get in the side. And they need those kind of players against a side like Croatia that will be comfortable on the ball, that will be looking to create chances. And they have Mario Mandzukic up front, so it's not like they're going to exactly try and counter-attack. They're going to want to get control of that match and uh, maybe get the ball into the box and test that uh, centre-back partnership that seems so weak that Argentina have and you know like Mario Mandzukic against Marcus Rowe or Nicolas Otamendi the danger is that that's very calamitous and uh, Argentina as I said they need to win that match but I don't know like I predicted in, in the predictions episode uh, in our World Cup preview that it, Croatia will beat Argentina and I think I kind of stand by that I think Argentina will struggle uh, but either way very much looking forward to that match but earlier in the afternoon uh, we start with Denmark against Peru or not Peru, uh, Denmark against Australia, and uh, Australia need the three points there. Denmark, if they get three points there, that's that's them through. That is them through, I think, because for them to finish with six points and not go through seems very unlikely. Uh, but Denmark were unconvincing against Peru. Peru, the better side. Australia were better than expected against France. So maybe maybe Australia can get something, you know. But it says a lot that they are relying on Tim Cahill for uh, any kind of hope to get out of this group. I wasn't expecting much from Australia. I predicted that they'd get zero points from this group. So if they do, in fact, get zero points, Denmark probably go through as a result of that. Uh, Peru, France, that's a huge match. That's essentially a knockout match for Peru. If Peru lose that, they are definitely out, especially if Denmark do lose. Uh, but, well, you know, if Denmark do lose to Australia, then that gives Peru a lifeline, but... I think at worst Denmark draw. I think Denmark have that quality, that class to just see them through against Australia. Uh, but, you know, France struggled again. Don't particularly rate France either. Uh, they've been very disappointing uh, in the build-up to this World Cup. And then against Australia, they were incredibly disappointing. And it sounds like they're just going to play Olivier Giroud, who Arsenal and Chelsea fans, well, mostly Arsenal fans, probably won't like me for saying this, but Giroud's not very good. Like, especially when you consider... 
like it's weird that Giroud is a very good might actually be a controversial opinion like he's really not a very overrated player especially when you consider the attacking talent that they have like they cannot be settling for Olivier Giroud up front like that is embarrassing they have Kylian Mbappe, Ousmane Dembele, Antoine Griezmann and they've left like Alexandre Lacazette they've left Anthony Martial at home like these are quality players that are better than Olivier Giroud like nothing against Giroud really like he's a fine plan B option and I'm sure a lot of other countries would take Giroud I'm sure England would love Giroud Belgium well Belgium with Fellaini so maybe not but Sweden Costa Rica Portugal even would take Giroud like a lot of other countries would like him but when you have the attacking talent that France have to settle for Olivier Giroud is absolutely ridiculous and should not be acceptable and Didier Deschamps has no even if they win the World Cup Didier Deschamps has to be sacked at the end of this World Cup for something like that it's absolutely ridiculous I cannot I cannot understand it at all and I understand that he's played well for France he scored important goals for France but again that's on Didier Deschamps Deschamps because if he's not getting the most out of that France squad without Olivier Giroud then something is very wrong but that's my Olivier Giroud rant over um yeah I think Peru against France could be a very good match, especially if, you know, France do resort to Olivier Giroud. Peru were very unlucky against Denmark. They were the better side for all intents and purposes, and all they lacked was a goal. And maybe the desperation will mean that it'll be maybe an easier match for France, but it could end up making it a more difficult match for France. It really depends on uh, how the emotion gets to Peru, because it will be an emotional affair. They need to win this match. And, you know, I think they have to start Guerrero, or otherwise... Even with Olivier Giroud up front, uh, without Guerrero, Peru probably don't stand a chance. And then, uh, yeah, I've done the games out of order, so I've kind of uh, flubbed my lines there a little bit. Yeah, that that is uh, day eight. Uh, it should be a much better day than today. Today was a little disappointing. Three games, only three goals. Uh, at least, you know, we haven't seen a nil-nil yet, which is incredible. I don't, I don't know how we've not seen a nil-nil considering some of the matches so far. The, the World Cup started out so promising, but it has kind of petered out a little. Although the Spain-Iran match was very good. And as I said, Portugal-Morocco was better than the scoreline suggests. But Uruguay-Saudi Arabia, that's, that's the one that's really taken the, the wind out of my sails there. A little, I'm just a bit down on the football today after that. But as I said, tomorrow should be a little exciting. Uh, Australia-Denmark, not expecting as much from. I think that could be another 1-0, maybe 1-1, 2-1. No more than that, I'd say. Although 2-1 would be quite exciting. I think 1-0, maybe. Maybe 2-0 if Australia just kind of give up and Denmark score early enough, they might get a second in the second half. But And, you know, Australia could always concede another ridiculous penalty. Um, you know, we can always rely on penalties, you know, if we're, we're stuck and we're almost at a 0-0. But that will do us for today. Uh, day 7, not the best day so far, but... You know, tomorrow's another day, and tomorrow should be very exciting, as I said. Uh, if you have any thoughts on today's matches, or if you have any thoughts on Olivier Giroud uh, starting up from Fra- for France, don't be afraid to email us at the tfpod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at TotalFootballPod or uh, on Twitter at the tfpod. Uh, subscribe to the show if this is your first episode. You know, uh, we want to be a part of your World Cup coverage. Uh, Tell family and friends about the show as well. The, the more the merrier is what we always say at the Total Football Podcast. And uh, do rate the show on your podcast provider of choice. And that just leaves me to say thank you for listening and uh, I'll be back tomorrow. 
Hello again there. Uh, forgot to mention one little tidbit from today that I really enjoyed. Uh, I think we've been given our punditry moment of the World Cup today uh, during ITV's coverage of Spain versus Iran. Before the match started, uh, this clip came courtesy of Roy Keane, which I will play for you now. His second spell when he came back. Um, for some reason, towards the end of my time, I found him really disrespectful towards me, so we had a bit of a fallout. You know, he, he questioned my loyalty. And um, I told him where to go. And one of my big regrets, really, I probably should have ripped his head off. But excellent coach, and he's doing an excellent job, has to be said. And I think this clip just is fantastic because it is the bit at the end. Because Roy Keane is a bit of a tired pundit at this point. We get it, he's angry at a lot of things, you know. He, it's not. It's kind of gotten a bit old. But it's it's just so wonderful that... In one sentence, he's saying he wished he ripped his head off. And in the very same sentence, at the very end, he's like, oh, but excellent, great coach, you know. He's done a wonderful job. And uh, it is with that that I think Roy Keane has given us the punditry moment of the World Cup. It, I just love when play, when pundits can just go from one emotion, one extreme to the other, quite like that. It, it, it is a perfect, perfect uh, summation of why Roy Keane is such a ridiculous pundit. Uh, So yeah, uh, thank you for listening and I'll be back tomorrow.